Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. A series uh, called The Invisible War, and Jennifer did a great job last week getting us started on that. We're talking about um, spiritual warfare. Now, one of my favorite cartoons uh, growing up was watching Scooby Doo. Remember Scooby Doo? Uh, yeah, you've got Fred and Daphne and Thelma and Shaggy, whose real name was Norville, who knew, and you got Scooby-Doo. And I, I love Scooby-Doo, but it, you know, every episode kind of had a little bit of a, kind of a freaky twinge to it. I actually kind of surprised my, my parents let me watch these uh, episodes. Uh, there's, there's one called The Warlock in Wimbledon. Uh, there's another one called The Beast from the Bottomless Lake. Uh, and you got another one that's called The Don't Enter the Fortress of Fear. And if you ever watched Scooby-Doo, you know that each episode there was this mystery that had a supernatural uh, dimension to it. And, and Fred and, and the gang would drive up in the mystery machine. Drive up in the mystery machine and they would just sort of tackle this mystery, try and solve this, this mystery. It might be involving a haunted house or uh, there's these, these, what appears like ghosts. And if you watch those episodes, you know that each episode resolved the same way. They were resolved by, by, by the crew, the Scooby-Doo crew, showing up and what appeared to be supernatural, what appeared to be a haunted house, what appeared to be a warehouse with ghosts running through it, was actually explained away. The supernatural was explained away with natural reasoning. And if you didn't know it, you and I were being conditioned, and I even say in a stronger way, you and I were being discipled to be su- suspicious of anything that, that was supernatural. We, we were being taught that, you know, smarter people actually realize, I mean, every episode ended with Scooby-Doo, if it weren't for you kids, you know, we wouldn't have discovered this. And, and so the supernatural is explained away by the natural. Now, let me just say this to you. Maybe you're here, and when we start talking about an invisible war and spiritual warfare, warfare, start talking about Satan and demons and evil spirits, and you're just going, you know, you're just going here, you Oh, how middle ages of you. I mean, come on. I mean, we, we know better now. I mean, we got science and, uh, you know, that, that's smart people know that that stuff doesn't really take place. And can I just, if that skepticism or cynicism rises up in you, can I just offer you a few questions just to kind of help you understand that there is a spiritual realm as well as a physical realm? Let me just offer a few questions to kind of just prime the pump of your thinking. The first one is this, would you consider that you are being simplistic? So you look at people who believe in the spiritual realm, you're like, ah, you, come on, how unsophisticated, how unnuanced, smart, you know, we know better now. Could it be actually that maybe you're the unnuanced, unsophisticated person? Maybe there is something a little bit more going on than what you and I see. Uh, another question could be, uh, would you consider that you're being culturally narrow? See, there's a lot of cultures in our world. Our friends in Asia or in Africa or the Middle East or Latin America have no problem having a conversation about the spiritual realm. They have no problem. And isn't it, isn't it narrow of us to reject the wisdom of other cultures or other, other nations in the world? In the Western world, we, we've embraced naturalism and we're very skeptical of, of the spiritual realm. But not so for most of the world. Another question for us would be, would you consider that you are being inconsistent in your thinking? 
If you believe that there is a God, if you, if you answer yes to that, uh, to that, that statement, and then you're, you believe in a God who's absolutely moral good. He's full of goodness. He's full of holiness. And if you believe in, the, in, in God, then, then isn't it inconsistent to, to not believe in the, a being that is completely morally wicked and evil? How can you just believe in good and, and not evil? Perhaps you're being inconsistent in your thinking. Our last question is simply this. Would you consider that you are unable to defeat the darkness on your own? Could it be that actually you're dealing with some things right now that you are not able to overcome because it actually has something to do with the spiritual realm? Now, we're in this series, The Invisible War, and we're getting going here, and Jesus is having a conversation with his best friends, the disciples, and one of those friends named John, in his gospel, records this conversation, and I almost imagine Jesus saying this in one breath. It's captured in chapter 10 of that gospel of John. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. If you've read John chapter 10, you know he's, Jesus is talking about this metaphor of shepherding, and he's saying, look, I'm the good shepherd. I know the sheep by name. They know my voice, but there is a thief. And the thief, Satan, the devil, actually has a mission statement. He has a vision. It's to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus, his purpose is to give people a rich and satisfying life. Some of your versions in Scripture say the abundant life. Now, here, here's my main thought for the day. is simply this. Jesus wants you to have a rich and satisfying life, but you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to fight for it. And in the brief time we got left, I want to talk about three fights that we're in. You may know that you're in these fights. Maybe some of these fights you're not aware of, but you are in three fights, okay? And the first one is simply this. It's found in 1 John, the same John, different book, different letter. He talks about this first fight, he says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. We'll just pause right there. Here's our first fight. It's with the world. Now, let me just say this. We'll, we'll learn next week from Ephesians uh, 5 and 6 that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. So when we say that our fight is with the world, it's not people. The people are not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. Okay? The world is this, this, this value system, this way of doing life in our world. And John is saying that you are committing spiritual treason if you fall in love with the world because the love of the Father can't be in you. And he, he describes what this, this spiritual uh, treason looks like. He says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. There's three things that the, that the, the, the world offers. The first one is sensualism. A craving for physical pleasure. Meaning that I, I, I've got to indulge my senses. The five, it's a self-indulgent uh, approach to life. It's, uh, it's, it's craving. This, some, some of your versions say the lust of the flesh. And it's sensualism. And philosophically speaking, a sensualist is someone who's, that if it feels good, it must be good. If there's pleasure, then it has to be good. That's sensualism. That's, that's the first characteristic of the world. The second characteristic of the world is materialism. 
It's the accumulation of stuff thinking that that gives us value. It's seeing something you don't need, spending money you don't have to buy it to impress people that you don't like. It's, it's like, I, I need to have bigger, I need to have faster, I need to have shinier. And it's all connected, actually, even to the next thing about the world is egotism. Pride in achievement, pride in status. So I'm going to talk a certain way so you think higher. I'm going to use big words. I'm going to dress a certain way so that you see I've got position. I, I'm, in fact, I'm going to spend more money on you. I'm going to throw. I'm going to spend more money on my wedding. I'm going to spend more money on my house or my car so that you can see that I'm important. And I'm going to try and achieve so that you can see I have, I have position and, and status in society. This is the way of the world. This is worldliness. It's sensualism, materialism, and egotism. And friends, this is the exact opposite of the values of the kingdom of heaven. The the values of the kingdom of heaven are the exact opposite of this fight we are in. It's the fight against worldliness, and the world is a breeding ground for sensualism, materialism, and egotism. The kingdom of heaven is about sacrifice and service and humility. That's why John would say something so strong as, if you love the world, the love of the Father can't be in you. This is the first fight we're in. The second fight we're in is not an external battle. It's actually an internal battle. Uh, Paul is writing to a church. The apostle Paul is writing to a church in Galatia. And he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. It's this internal battle. It's the old you that is trying to assert itself. And then you have the spirit of God who has completely different desires than the old you. And have you ever felt that tension of of this this old you and and, and the new you in Christ? And our first first fight is external. It's it's the world and all the the values of the world. The second fight is internal because we've got the situation going inside of us where the old us, we're we're crucifying it. and, And sometimes we give in to the old desires. And let me just say this to you, that um, we all deal with this. We all have the old us that wants to be revived and come alive. And and this is a struggle for all of us, that we've got to get into this fight. We've got to know how to have this fight. And and Paul tells us it comes by being filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit. And and there's this, this, this sin nature. This sin nature, actually, what it means is that sin comes naturally to you. Have you, parents, did, have you ever noticed that you never had to sit your kids down and say, look, I, there's a skill you need to have. It's called lying. And so let me teach you, let me teach you how to lie. Here's the three steps to how to really tell a really good lie. Now, you didn't have to have that conversation with your kids, right? They, they knew, naturally they knew how to lie. Parents, you did not have to teach your kids how to get what they want in the grocery store. You didn't have to tell them, here, here's the deal. Lay down on the floor when your mom will give you chocolate milk. Kick your legs. Make a loud noise. Try to embarrass her as much as possible, and you might get what you want. You did not have to teach your kids that. That came naturally. That's the sin nature. That's the old you that wants to assert itself. But the fight is, is that there's the Spirit of God that has other desires for you and for me, for us. 
Now, Paul continues in Galatians 5 and begins to describe the old us. He says, when you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's what Paul is saying. Just in case you saw that previous list and you go, uh-oh, I, I, I've done one of those. What's, is he saying I'm out? No, no, what he's saying is when you embrace the values of that, the carnal desires or the, or the, the worldly pleasures, when that, is, when that is your lifestyle, if, that, if you value worldliness, sensualism, materialism, egotism, and, and, and you prefer that over the values of the kingdom of heaven, like service and sacrifice and humility and patience and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and, and all those, what, what Paul is saying, is this, these are the dividing lines. We're in a fight. There's an external fight and there's an internal battle as well, an internal fight. That we, that we need to engage in. And I'm, I'm mentioning those two fights first because we're going to talk about the third fight, our fight with darkness. And we're going to spend the rest of our series on that, talking about that fight. But let me just say this. Sometimes Satan and the, the, the darkness, dark spiritual realm, they don't even have to get involved if we've immersed ourselves in the value of this world. If, we're, if we've embraced worldliness or we're saying yes to the things that we should say no to, then he, sometimes he, he doesn't have to get involved. But sometimes he does get involved. Sometimes he, he, he is. Act. See, Jesus wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. But you're going to have to fight for it. And this enemy, Satan, he's a real enemy. A dangerous enemy. And he's come to steal and kill and destroy and rob you of everything that Jesus longs for you to experience. Now, if you were here several years ago, you know we did a series on the names of God. We studied the names of God because by looking at the names of God, we see the character of God. We see names like Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. We see names like Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Shalom. God is my peace. We learn about the character of God. And if you've read the scriptures, then you know that actually Satan has many names. There have been many things that he's been called, and those names reveal to us his character. In fact, reveal his schemes and his strategies to steal, kill, and destroy. And names like a Satan, the adversary, 1 Thessalonians. The adversary literally means the person who gets in the way. You ever felt like you were stuck? You ever felt like you're you're bouncing against the wall? You were not growing spiritually as quickly as you'd like to grow? There is an adversary who wants to get in the way. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy that rich and satisfying life that Jesus wants for you. He's an an adversary. Here's another name that you'll, you'll see for Satan. Devil, the slanderer. He loves to use juicy gossip to undermine the character of someone. Another name, you get Lucifer, the shining one. This is interesting. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, calls him the shining one. He is is the Satan who loves to take something that is so destructive and make it look so winsome. He loves to take something that will just cause so much trauma in your life 
and, and make it look attractive. We, I think we can all look back and go, man, if, if I hadn't just fallen for that, I would have avoided all this pain. Well, that's, that's what, that, this is one of the ways he steals and kills and destroys. He takes absolutely traumatic, destructive, horrible things and makes them look winsome. He masquerades as an angel of light. Uh, another name is Belial, the worthless one. He'll get us chasing worthless things. Still a, a, another name. He's the tempter, the one who creates diversions. Some of us in the room this week, we're at a crossroads this week. We had a desire pop up within us that maybe it's this, maybe it's a sin nature, but hey, maybe you should, you should go down this path. It's, it's a diversion. And by the way, when we do go down that path and we say yes to the things we should say no to, don't listen to the condemning voice. Because the condemning voice would say, ah, see, yeah, 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 that's your mess. Take, take solace from a guy named the Apostle Paul who wrote much of the New Testament, who uh, said in Romans famously, why do I do the things that I know I shouldn't do and don't do the things that I know I should do? You ever been there? Well, I think sometimes... We need to understand that we're all in this same fight together, this internal battle. But Satan, what he'll do is he'll put us in a crossroads. He'll tempt us. He'll create this temptation. Uh, that's one of his names. Another name um, that he has, the accuser of the church or the accuser of the brethren. He loves, to, he loves to get us to focus on what's wrong. He loves to help us see the, the things that are, that are wrong versus the things that are right about each other. So he'll, he'll bring up accusations. Uh, still another name. Uh, he's the prince of this world. All the sensualism, materialism, and egotism. He, that's his whole system. Uh, another name uh, we got is Beelzebub, the filthy, twisted, perverted one. He'll take something that's beautiful and he'll, he'll change it and twist it and distort it into such a way that it will rob you of the rich and satisfying life. Something beautiful made ugly. Still another name. The ruler of demons. He, he rebelled in heaven and took a third of the angels with him. And, and yet still another name. Uh, he is the serpent. He is the deceiver. Genesis chapter 3. Did God really say? I mean, come on. Reasonable people would think otherwise. So he, he deceives. He, he attempts. Jesus wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. But you and I are going to have to fight for it. And we're going to need to learn how to fight. We're in three fights. A fight with the world. We're swimming upstream in a very strong current. The internal battle that's going on. And yes, the spiritual battle. This is where we're going to spend most of our time. And we're, we're going to talk about this, this dangerous foe. We're going to talk about the armor of God in the next couple weeks. We're going to talk about, about topics like demonization and how that happens and how freedom takes place. We'll talk about walking in authority. We'll talk about how to fight the good fight. And, and I, I'm just, I just, what I want you to know in this series is um, sometimes when you start talking about the, the spiritual darkness, fear can rise. Can I, can I just give you some great news? Satan is a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. Jesus went to the cross and embarrassed him and disarmed him and, and defeated him on the cross. And, and he, has, he, has, he cannot overcome God. He cannot hurt God. And when you can't hurt God, guess what, guess what he's going to do next? If I can't get to God, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and hurt his, hurt his kids. So you, you can say anything to me. Uh, Trina will tell you this. I mean, I, stuff just kind of rolls off my back. You can, say, you can take any shot you want at me. But if you say something to my wife or you say something 
about my kids that's hurtful, you and I are going to have a conversation. And I just want you to know that you have a God who want, he's going to have a conversation because you're his kid. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 tells us that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So don't let fear rise in your hearts on this, in this series, but allow faith to rise as you engage in these different, in these different fights. Uh, years ago, I mean, it was well, a lot of years ago, um, I, it, was my, it, it was the night before my first day of school. I, I, was, I was born in Hong Kong, and my brother was in the second grade at Hong Kong International School. And I, it was the night before my first day of school, and I had a dream, and I remember this dream to this day. I, I, was, I was dreaming about recess. Yes, even though I was six years old, I was dreaming about recess. And I was at recess, and there were these bullies that came, and they started picking on me. And my, my older brother's name is Rollin. And in my dream, I began shouting his name, Rollin, Rollin, Rollin. And in my dream, he came and he fought off the bullies and he rescued me. And I woke up and I went to, went to school, my first day of school, with this confidence that my brother was there for me. That never really happened. Not a, not a prophetic dream. Can I just say to you, that as you go into, go into life, there is a name that you can declare, a, a name of one who rescues the name of one who redeems. The name of one who take the guilt off your shoulders. The name of one who will lift up that heavy weight of shame from your, from, from your heart. The name of one who forgives. The name of one who can wash away every stain of sin in your life and forgive you and give you a new life, a rich and satisfying life. And his name is Jesus. And as we go into this series, you need to know that he defeated the darkness. So yes, we're in a fight. It's a real fight. And there is a real enemy. We have a real Jesus. And he is the light. And he is our savior. And we're gonna learn from him how to engage in this invisible war. Now let's, let's pray together if you would. So Lord, we do thank you that you have secured the victory for us. <laughs> Yet, we still struggle. So I pray that you would empower us and you would give us wisdom to know exactly how to fight the good fight. Would you grant us discernment to know, Lord, is this just because I'm, I'm in this world and there's all this pressure coming on me? And is that it? Or, Lord, is it, is it my own internal battle? Or, Lord, could it be the deceiver, the adversary, the tempter? the shining one, the one who masquerades as light. We need wisdom. We need discernment. And I thank you. I thank you that you've given us the gift of joy. We've seen stories, even today, of you overcoming the darkness. We've, we've, we've heard testimony of how you saved people. You are good. And we declare our trust in you. And we pray this in the good name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at 
livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.